Blog Talk Radio. So make way for the new, new era. The young era bearing to inherit the depths of his parents. The rain to be a rain. Hip-hop's in hysterics. See your neighbor at the ball. Bitch, the system's embarrassed. So tell me how you style them. All black, black, two black, stage, black shoes. Bad dude. Attitude, I am vacuum pack fresh. Tighter than the Ziploc. Better check the wristwatch. I don't give a hug. You ain't even worth a letter. Good fella. Jerry Keller. Henry Hill, the merry fella. Man, I spray it quick. I spit it slick. And let you get a F Subtle curses on these verses But you wish you had insurance For a rap you in insurance Call it half the season You might think this shit is corny But there's a ring from in the What's up, ladies and gentlemen? I apologize. We got some technical difficulties we're working out. But, ladies and gentlemen, welcome to ASWF Aftermath. Uh, This, uh, what, April or May 16th, 2019, as we get ready for another pack, action-packed show here in the Valiant Arena coming up this Saturday night. I'm joined, as always, by Cornbread and the fan, Cody Cornbread. Cody, how are y'all doing this week? Cody, go ahead. Man, i got to say, I can't complain. The weather's been clear this weekend, it's, or this week. It's felt good outside. No complaints at all, man. Yeah, I, I, I'm, doing, I'm doing excellent. Um, it's just been, let's just say it's been probably one of the most controversial weeks ever in news and sports. And I'll tell you one thing, controversy reigns supreme over the ASWF as we're about to get into right here. Well, absolutely. I mean, you talk about a controversy reigning supreme and one of the biggest news days. Uh, I don't know if you heard about this, but, you know, I do want to take a moment. It doesn't have anything to do with the uh, ASWF, but uh, I believe my fan Cody here mentioned and broke some news to me right before we came on to the air here tonight. So, Cody, I'll go ahead and let you uh, break that news to the fans here. Uh, Looks like we got a loss here in the wrestling world today. Yeah, um, well, I mean, there's been a lot of news today. Uh, Ric Flair was rushed to the hospital today, and they say uh, that he's recovering fine. But in other news, uh, not a lot of people remember uh, Ashley Massaro. She was known for uh, being the valet for Brian Kendrick and Paul London. And uh, back in the uh, mid-2000s, she had passed away today. Wow. Wow. That's certainly a uh, sad situation. I remember, actually, the more I think about that situation, I remember that she actually left the WWE uh, to take care of her young child. So, you know, obviously, thoughts and prayers go out to that whole family. Uh, As you know, this has got to be a tough time. So, definitely want to give 
uh, our thoughts and prayers to one of our own members of the wrestling professional wrestling community who uh, passed on today and uh, Miss Massaro and, you know, would look, uh, definitely offer our condolences. But gentlemen, we got a lot to get to tonight, so let's go ahead and jump into it. Uh, this past show, the biggest story's got to be coming out of it, still the war between the Manai, who, the Suicide King Ray Ray, that's one, in essence, of a huge story in and of itself, joining the Manai. But then you have Will Cage, who turned his back on the Manai, and that war is literally boiling over at this point. Uh, gentlemen, what's your thoughts so far on this new attitude of the unhinged Will Cage? Well, I mean, I'm going to say it. It's definitely a different feeling. Uh, an all too familiar feeling. Let, let's go. Let's look back a couple years ago uh, when uh, the Manai was just Hypnotic, Ace Morta, Cataclysm, and Deadly Dale. Uh, you know, Dale wanted to leave the Manai. They didn't want to have it. Or, uh, the rest of them didn't want to have it. Turn around, attack Dale. Um, it seems to be the trend that the Manai has always worked as a strong unit in threes because, you know, Dale hasn't been seen in a long time. Hypnotic, same. And Will Cage, he fired the first shot because he felt like he was the next to uh, quote-unquote end up on that chopping block, so he alluded to. So this new attitude Will Cage has, I mean – you know, this is the most vicious I've seen a competitor like him come out of that. And it's different to see somebody turn on the Manai. And you're absolutely right about that. It is a different situation and, you know, a different type of circumstance here when you see somebody turn on the Manai. You don't see people turn their back on somebody that, you know, and I mentioned this on commentary at the last show, a guy who's been like a father to Will Cage. And for Will Cage to do what he did, it just absolutely it blows my mind. Well, well I, 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 go ahead. Uh, well, I was gonna say I'll speak. I'll speak to that for a little bit because um, it it was shocking, no question about it. Um, but now here comes the bigger question: Does a Manai continue to hunt Will Cage? For perhaps probably the rest of his career, or could this new attitude Will Cage get him back to the ASWF Championship? I mean, there's a whole lot of questions that are surrounding this. Plus, think about the addition of Ray Ray to this whole mix. Does Ray Ray go possibly for another championship? Does he go with Taz? I mean, you have a whole different dynamic here. Now you have a different three. Uh, three variation of the Manai, especially without unhinged Will Cage. Well, and I mean, and that's the actual <laughs> essence of this. You know, a lot of people say that professional wrestling, it all boils down to the championship and what you're going to do to be able to achieve that championship. Will Cage achieved that championship through right. being a member of the Manai. You know, that brought Absolutely. him to that next level. Now the question is, without the uh, guidance, so to speak, of uh, Cataclysm and the uh, Mistress of Mayhem Asa Morta, uh, as it were, 
will he be able to rise above and be able to get back on that pedestal? Right now, before he can even think about the ASWF championship, though, he's got one, for lack of a better term, pissed off psychotic savior. Absolutely. And one thing you don't want to do, and that's our target back on the Menard, because they can figure out any and every way to uh, really, really uh, get even. Because, you know, as they say, revenge is a dish best served cold, and um, <laughs> payback is a, um, a hot plate served hot. Absolutely. Cody? Uh I mean, uh, exactly what Cornbread said. I mean, it's we're in a completely different situation here, you know, where we're seeing, uh, you know, we've kind of seen new sides to everybody in the ASWF, and especially for Will Cage, it's it's completely different. I mean, you know, you can only imagine how distraught, even still, Cataclysm has been. Most of the time, we have seen Cataclysm in this situation. We have seen him react in rage, or rage, and uh, right. this time he's been so calm and he's so distraught because he—I think he's even alluded uh, uh, that like Will Cage was like a son to him. Absolutely, and I mean, first off, I do want to say hello to one of our guests, uh, Miss Nicole Baker there on uh, Facebook Live, but you're right about this. This is a situation where, gentlemen, we're in uncharted territory. In the history yep. of the Manai, we've seen the Manai, you know, as you referenced earlier, kick Deadly Dale out. We've never seen somebody, a follower of the Manai, turn their back to the psychotic savior and turn their back on him showing them the way to use uh, to turn a phrase, we've never seen that, and it absolutely blows my mind as a commentator that we are actually witnessing somebody that is literally he's turning his back on the message and the teachings of the Manai because he got jealous, and he got jealous of the Manai's pursuit of the Suicide King. And that's what I believe it all boils down to. If you had no Ray Ray, do you have Will Cage leave the Manai? Cody, I'll let you answer first. Well, I mean, you got to look at it this way. Um, you know, Will Cage, he said, I, I will not be replaced, you know, or, you know, if you think you can replace me, you're going to replace me with him. And it seems as if, you know, even leaving his two, potentially a third ally, uh, but his two main allies that he had had, he had seemed to gain an ally in the original misfit, Josh Cross. Absolutely. Absolutely. And uh, Cornbread, maybe you can expound upon that thought as well uh, and answer that question. Do you think, Ray Ray never comes into the Manai. Ray Ray's never recruited into the Manai. Do you think that it becomes a problem and Will Cage leaves? Um, I also kind of think of it almost like twofold. I, I think that's kind of been a little bit of the shadow as kind of was placed over 
you know, this whole situation because if you really go back and think about it, all even though this really kind of started a little bit at anniversary 20 back in April, because really think about it. Who was really one of the hot topics of that whole conversation? Ray Ray. Where would he go? Who would he go with? Will he remain solo? Well, even when we got those questions answered, then comes Will Cage. And at that point in time, I, I think Will Cage kind of, I think he was kind of had had a little bit of jealousy and a little bit of rage because, you know, even after Anniversary 20 had completed, there still was a whole lot of questions concerning the Manai. Is there a hole in the Manai? Would there be new members to the Manai? Can the can the trio, or one of the original trios before this trio, can they hold on? We got. I think we got those questions answered and more because bottom line out of nowhere, when Will Case really uh, double-crossed the Manai, so to speak, I think that one, I think he kind of tore a page. I think he tore a little bit of a page out of uh, Switch, Switchblade Jay White's playbook. When, Switch, when uh, Jay White was with Chaos right before he joined Bullet Club, yeah, he double-crossed the Bullet Club because of Kenny Omega. But he also ended up double-crossing Chaos and aligning himself now back with the original Bullet Club. I think the same situation here can apply with Will Cage. Will Cage literally put himself right there close to Manai to get in the Manai that way to learn the secrets of the Manai and double-cross the Manai. Oh, man, that is I, – I've got nothing, Michael. That was a very, very interesting theory uh, that uh, that Cornbread had had. It's, it almost seems really factual. I mean, but he, well, here's the thing, though. Will Cage, mm-hmm. he, he did learn the secrets of the Manai. I mean, <clears throat> but in doing so – he also, I felt, watching him from the time he joined the Manai until his exit, it's like he almost came into his own as as a uh, as a competitor in this sport. Uh, Absolutely. But that, <clears throat> and so I think once he figured out, hey, I came into my own, I don't need him anymore. Well, and <clears throat> I mean, you look at you look at why Will Cage initially joined the Manai. Remember, this was back uh, around anniversary 19, almost a year ago. And you look at the situation Will Cage was in, you know, feuding at that point with the greatest gym known to man, Max Stone. And, you know, he had nobody to watch his back. And there comes Cataclysm stepping up, watching his back. And now, you know, you got to wonder, did Will Cage just use the Manai? You know, kind of taking a little page out of Cornbread, the way he explained it, if I understood it correctly. Did he just use the Manai? Did he want to become better than the Manai? You know, Aaron says it both this, and, you know, this is kind of plain and simple. But Aaron here in the chat log says he felt betrayed by the recruitment of Ray Ray. And I think that is true. You know, you got to look. If you're Will Cage, when you're sitting on the sidelines, not only are you bitter because you had to vacate your ASWF championship, you have to sit Absolutely. there and watch as your family accepts in another member. 
And you got to wonder how much was Will Cage consulted on that as well? Well, that and you got to factor in in the last, I would almost say a few weeks, and this isn't anything against anybody. For the first time in quite a while, even since Will Cage left the Manai, we've seen all three current members of the Manai with each other, coming out to each other's matches and such. We didn't really see that a whole lot when it was just Will Cage, Cataclysm, and Asa Morta. Why that is, I don't know. Maybe they have told each other, hey, man, we want to do this alone. Uh, Or maybe they came to terms and realized they're more powerful as a unit. But, I mean, I think it was one of those things that, hey, we've got somebody that has something on us on our back or has something on us uh, that will strike us at any moment, and he has already, and he has continued to do so, and that's Will Cage. I mean, look at it this way, guys. So, I mean, like I said, before Will Cage left the Manai, hardly any unity it felt like except post-match celebrations. After he's gone, it seems like they became a unit again. Uh, but I think it was more of a unit, unity out of necessity kind of thing. Uh, no one, oh God. No, no, what I I was going to say was, that was a very, very interesting point that you brought up because, you know, I mean, really, if you really think about it, and, and I'm going to compare this to uh, babyface and heel factions, especially teams. Normally, and, 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 and I'm going to throw for an example out there because we've seen them do it in the past. I'm throwing out there if I'm sick. What's their normal priority? They always come out, no matter if it's a tag team or singles. The whole unit comes out as a unit, correct? Right or wrong? No, you've made a really good point. And, and and I like the point that you brought out, Cody, concerning the Manai. Normally, if it's Cage, Cataclysm, Morda, individual matches, yes, they will come out separately. You don't see that a whole lot with babyface factions. Unless if they're in multi-man tag team matches. I mean, you would see guys like the Four Horsemen. You would see guys like a DX. You would see guys like a Nation. Just to name a few. Those are factions. Heels. Only one of them was Babyface. Those are normally heel factions that come out together for each and every match. You really don't see that a whole lot in Babyfaces. Well, gentlemen, I don't I don't know. I don't mean to interrupt, but I don't know if you guys are active over here in the uh, Facebook Live as well watching the comments, but uh, actually, uh, Mr. Cross uh, chimes in. He says, Will Cage got smart. He came with the original one, and look at history. What do you think, who do you think shows the Manai the way? So, I mean. That's a good point. Revisionist Very, very fair point. And, I mean, Aaron, though, chimes right back and says, Deadly Dale. That's another good point. 
Dudley Dale really the first spiritual leader before Cataclysm of the Manai? Yep, absolutely. <clears throat> I mean, well, gentlemen, that... we're going to explore this Will Cage stuff a little bit more in depth here in just a moment. But let's start off with another member of the Manai, the one that Will Cage has the biggest issue with. Somebody that Josh Cross is very familiar with in and of himself, and that being the Suicide King, Ray Ray. He took on a debuting superstar, Mr. Gary and Tear, this uh, past show. And, you know, I've got to say, I described Gary as rabid. I described him as one of the most intense individuals to ever step foot inside of an ASWF ring. And once again, Josh says there would be no Manai without a misfit. Certainly, right. uh, certainly an opinion, but uh, and it may be a valid one. But uh, right. you know, I describe Mister Tier as somebody that was rabid, somebody that was a very intense competitor, and he didn't let us down. He stood toe to toe, in my opinion, with the Suicide King and had a phenomenal debut. He did come up a little bit short, but you got to say, I mean, the guy was impressive for a debut contest, especially against the likes of the Suicide King. Well, I'll I'll I'll, I'll to that, and uh, and um, I'll I'll take your point one step further, Mike. Um, you call him Rabbit, I call him Ready. And and the reason why I use Ready in this case is because. You know, when a lot of guys debut, you know, there's always that first impression. You know, there's always that cloud that's literally like hanging there and say, hey, you know, you know, it, does this guy got it? To me, I think he has it. I think he needs to tap into it. And I think his performance two weeks ago, to me, takes him beyond the point of rabbit. It takes him to the point of ready. And I think now he is ready inside the big leagues of Arkansas wrestling. Well, Cody, before you uh, respond to that, one thing I want to say, you know, we call this guy rabid. We call this guy, you know, certain things. But here's the thing I can say that, you know, this may sound like high praise for a gentleman who's only had one contest inside of uh, the ASWF. And, Aaron, you're actually – you hit the nail on the head with what I'm thinking – Aaron says Garyan equals future champ. This is the thing. The guy's got all the intangibles. The guy is a blue chip prospect. Let's be honest here. If there ever was, you know, a five-star rating system in prospects for professional wrestling, Garyan would be a five-star prospect. This guy is guaranteed to be one of the top guys in the ASWF for a long time to come especially after seeing him in this match contest with uh, the Suicide King, Ray Ray. You got to say, I mean, Cody, once again, it's going to be your turn here in just a moment to expound upon this, but impressive just isn't big en- a big enough word to describe how great Garyan did. I don't agree with some of the tactics, but still sometimes, unfortunately, you do have to get a little down and dirty to be able to uh, make a make a impactful debut. Well, I mean, 
You know, they say actions speak louder than words, and I will say this, Gary, and uh, highly, highly impressed me in this match. I mean, this guy came through, came out, went toe-to-toe with one of the biggest names in ASWF history, if not the biggest name, and uh, he held his own against him. And, almost, and the thing I will say about Gary and that I've seen so far is he's very technical. And he's definitely has a has a unique style, um, and the moves he hit he hit with such a quickness. And so well, he he impressed me. I'm, I don't have any more to say than that. I mean, very impressive yeah. debut. And that's the thing, you know. I think we all three hit on exactly what I said. Uh, the guy's got everything he needs right there. I think the sky's the limit for this guy. This guy has a opportunity. I, I mean, impressive. That's all you can say as far as uh, Mr. Tier. Uh, and Aaron says, Ray Ray knows how to break rules. Got to fight fire with fire. That's true. The Suicide King, uh, absolutely, is not going to cry or whine about, you know, something happening to him in a matchup. He's... <laughs> more than likely going to get even in that same contest. And, you know, on the opposite side of the coin, I feel like we've been talking about Gary and a lot in this. And, yes, Gary was impressive. But Ray Ray, once again, that resiliency on display for the suicide team in this contest. And, once again, just thoroughly impressed with how the thing you've got to be impressed with in this contest, in my opinion, since joining them and I is we have actually learned that somebody can control the suicide king. Somebody can look at Ray and be able to keep him under control. That being obviously the psychotic savior or cataclysm. I mean, go ahead, go ahead. You're you're not wrong. I mean, that's just, there's something about, Cataclysm, the allure, or whatnot, that he steps out there and he immediately uh, almost demands your attention. Doesn't even have to speak a word to do it. It's that allure that he passes on. And if you, if you remember correctly, let's allude back to October, the uh, the alliance that they had. I mean, you know, at Fight for Freedom last year, what we do, we seen uh, Ray Ray go through a hellacious war against the mistress of mayhem, Asa Morta. Whose attention did that get? The psychotic saviors. And so uh, to see them actually become a unit, I mean, you know, it's like he got, you know, Ray got his attention. Uh, you know, so Ray got that his is attention in a big way. Cornbread? Um, you know, as, as, as I try to, you know, look at a whole lot of variations to this, to the story, um, Gary and Tier, very impressive debut. I, I think bottom line, the sky's the limit for him. Um, but going back to Ray right here for just a moment, I don't see a whole lot of change in his game. Whether he was with the Manai or without the Manai, I don't see that much of a change in his game other than 
uh, its intensity. I don't think its intensity level even decreased. I think it increased a little bit more. Um, but I, I will say, I'm kind of wondering what's really inside that book of Manai, because there has to be something inside of there. And of course, we talked. To, of course, you alluded to it earlier, Cody. The the presence of cataclysm. I think there's a little bit more inside that book of Manai that somehow is triggering, triggering certain sensory levels of Ray Ray to where, bottom line, he's like right there in that trance, almost in a trance-like, so to speak. That's a very good point. You know, is it the is it the influence of the psychotic savior, or is it the influence of the book of the Manai that is? You know, causing the suicide king to uh, to be able to to be able to remain calm, to keep his emotions in check, but still be as violent and deadly as he is. You know, you remember you remember when Raven had you know Raven's flock in WCW, or even before then, you know, and you know when ECW was finally. They're bidding up push, and Raven had a whole lot of mind control over a lot of these guys that he, quote unquote, took underneath their wing and transferred all of that into Raven's flock. This could be a little bit more of a situation here with Ray Ray inside the Manai, especially with Cataclysm um, and some more to lead in the charge, and that mysterious, yet controversial, but could be successful book of Manai. Cody, final thought on this contest? I mean, uh, no. Everything that's, I mean, I can't say any more than what's been said. Um, It's definitely a story that it seems like every time we turn around, the plot just gets thicker and thicker. Absolutely, absolutely. Well, gentlemen, we actually have a guest coming on here. in this for our next matchup as we get ready to review it, Mr. Grayson Beckett versus uh, Mr. Heinzman, uh, a man who was very influential in the outcome of this contest. As I watched it back today, I actually was able to uh, see just how influential he was in this contest. Uh, ladies and gentlemen, a man we haven't heard from here on ASWF Aftermath in quite some time, the CEO of Infamous Inc., the infamous one, Double J. Infamous one, you're live on the air. Can you hear us? Michael, it is so good to drop in, and I can hear you loud and clear. Well, uh, first thing I want to know about uh, Infamous One is you tar- you seem to target the essence of gratitude. Why? Why would you go after Grayson Beckett, you and uh, Mr. Excalibur? The essence of gratitude. This, and and I'm not going to get on talk radio 49 or it be, let's, let's put it this way. He has a lot of accomplishments in wrestling. He has done a lot of things I have kept up with. And see, this goes way back. This goes way back. This don't go with Excalibur. This goes way back. 
when he first made his debut, Michael, uh, he stuck his nose and just keeps rubbing it in the salt. And he's got to understand, I'm just an advocate. I'm just the CEO of Infamous Inc. I am the voice in the state of Arkansas for my clients. I'm not a competitor. And the threats of him and the, them him coming down to ringside and putting his hands on me is very, very unprofessional, very uncalled for, Michael. And so it goes way back. And I thought, and I was watching the monitor, I want to give back to him as what he has been doing to me and my clients in the infamous scene. And so if you said what I heard, I think you said, you said you went back and watched the video footage. I want Grayson yes, Beckett to know. I want you and, every, and ASWF uh, fans to know, independent wrestling to know. Grayson Beckett got an exclamation point right between the grind. And that's what I was – that's the message that Excalibur wanted me to put on the air tonight. If Grayson Beckett can hear me, I'm going to get you – excuse me, quote Excalibur, okay? He's going to get you where it counts. And that was just a grace period to understand it's time to man up and listen. Because what you're fixing to go through, or excuse me, I'm talking for Excalibur, so don't take it out of context. It ain't me. I'm not a competitor. What he's fixing to endure and what he's fixing to go through is the worst thing that he's ever done in professional wrestling or whatever he has done in his professional life. Michael, this is going to get deeper than anybody in ASWF and anybody coherent of any promotion he's ever attended, ever faced in his entire career. Because he better be listening and do history checks. The the, the pictures sitting of Excalibur because of uh, that, that kid picking his teeth, that's nothing compared to what I have ever seen of every client has ever encountered. I haven't even posted an update of Excalibur, but he's doing fine. You got a number on us. Yeah, you too. It takes two wrestlers to take up beat up one, Michael, if you get what I'm saying. Hmm. I mean, well, I mean, certainly, certainly you provided an explanation for uh, your actions. I certainly do, uh, you know, understand, you know, and even Aaron makes a good point. Aaron says, you know, because Infamous Inc. does what it wants, and Excalibur still probably hasn't forgotten about the fact that Grayson Beckett is the reason why Excalibur is no longer the ASWF Evolution Champion. Cormorant, uh, do you have anything for the infamous one? I know you were sitting there at ringside, and you were just as baffled by this as I was. Okay. Hey, Michael, Michael had to make a poke fun right there. I want to point that out. I want to drag that out. Yeah, Grayson Beckett cashed in, but Grayson Beckett didn't hold the title very long. Who held it longer, Excalibur or Grayson Beckett? Now, who wants to compete? Or, excuse me, who wants to put yardsticks out and see which one's bigger? Valid point. I, I do see that. I mean, and it, I, I'd love to see the rematch between the two just to see who the better man was. 
Uh, Cornbread, go ahead. Well, I, well, I was going to say, infamous one. First off, thanks for joining us. Um, I was going to say, that's kind of one of the uh, matches that was kind of a little bit on my radar, and that's uh, Excalibur and Grayson Beckett. And um, I know, based off what you said, and if I can interpret this correctly, um, it's almost sounding like you're saying that Grayson Beckett is in for an infamous beatdown. It ain't. It ain't it, it, I, let me just break it down to you, uh, professionals, a little more. It ain't saying, "Hey, this is kindergarten or this is high school. We're gonna catch you out back." This this is goes. Not this bad. is gonna happen in the ring. This is gonna happen in the ring, face to face. Since Grayson Beckett wants to come out there and put hands on him on a on an advocate, and see, we just made a target known that hey, who was gonna get it first. And what was going to happen? It doesn't mean you need to turn the favor and cost us a match because you know we couldn't help it. What happened to him? He fell. He hurt himself, and stuff happened. We never interfered or done anything to Gregson. We just want to let our presence known we was there. Well, well, um, I also want to I also want to throw in this question if I can, um, infamous one. And I know um, you always. You know, have a you know a tight a tight grip on that infamous family. Um, do you have any update concerning in St. James since the last we saw him at um, ASWF twenty? Update you you fans and excuse me, I say fans out there, and you uh, announcers want to know, journalists want to know the scoop on Insane Shane. Well, only thing I could tell you. He's getting really close, but them fans ain't worthy enough any more details, and you ain't worthy enough any more details what's going on. And I'm not giving anything out on social media. I ain't telling anybody else anything about Shane. It stays between us and when when, and where, when we want to rock again and when he returns. And it ain't going to be well, Saturday. Well, it ain't going to be anytime soon. Y'all ain't even worthy. Even though, don't even talk about Shane. Okay. Well, I, I I have to bring that point up because you know even 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 at ASWF twenty, um, you know the injury still still reigns in my mind. I, it's something I couldn't get the image out of my head. And you know, competitor or not, you know the guy's a human being. You have to be concerned about a human being, whether you like him or not. Everybody has an opinion, but. What happens in the ink stays in the ink. Whatever gotcha. concerns injury, personal anything, it's our business. And really, I, I pertain to take care of these guys more than anybody in professional wrestling. Any, any factions ever came or any, or endure or coming along, I've been doing the money work around here. I'm the one that's take, making sure they're taken care of. I'm the only one, and that's all I'm going to say about it. I'm the only one that has cared for these guys more than anybody in professional wrestling. Mike? Yes, sir. Uh, and, I mean, I, I certainly think that I would disagree with that statement, infamous one, uh, as far as that goes. I I think that, he, that Shane at one point had legions of fans that did uh, care about him. But... Uh, I digress here, uh, talking about Shane. 
Uh, Cody, do you have anything as far as uh, what you saw this past show uh, between Excalibur and Grayson Beckett? Do you have anything that uh, you'd like to add to this? Because it was it's a wild situation, and like I said, I'd love to see the rematch. I will say that much. Uh, absolutely, Michael. I mean, I think a lot of where it stems from it's a lot deeper than Grayson and Excalibur. I think it's almost uh, Grayson versus Infamous Inc. in a sense. Uh, during uh, the starting point of Grayson's career, he wrestled Insane Shane, managed to not necessarily escape the, uh, his signature choke, but he definitely found a counter to it to make him have to switch his game up just a little bit and I mean it seems every time you know some controversy has happened around around Grayson it's been with Infamous Inc. in some way shape or form I mean I would certainly agree with that uh Infamous one how do you how do you respond to that I respond by see, let's see here. Huh. Well, it seems like Cody's a, a a fan of ASWF goes to every show and it seems like it's always in the teeter totter of your hands, Michael. It always seems like the it has to be all for the for the good and nothing for the bad. You know, but you don't go through always the scenarios. You have to go through the bad before you get to the good. And I see what's what Grayson Beckett don't understand. He's done a lot of bad things that he don't want to admit to. He only wants to see what the good things are. With my my willpower and overseeing and talking to Excalibur, and I've talked to Excalibur two days ago, there's going to be more bad times for Mr. Beckett. And then, and then you, and you, I'm going to quote something too to you, Michael. I'm going to address you, yes, and sir. in a respectful way, in a respectful way, because you are a professional and I'm a professional. You said at one time these these fans had something for Shane. These fans doesn't care about you. They don't care about me, and they never cared about insane Shane. And that's the thing. I have to open people's eyes up because if you're laying in the blood of the pool, who's going to pay your doctor bills? Who's going to pay, take you to the championships? Who's going to take you everywhere to this level that you need to be? Michael, I don't, I don't support you, and I don't like you. I like your work. But i tell you one thing. These fans have nothing, nothing for Shane or Excalibur, and we don't care. And they are not worthy enough to know anything about Infamous Inc. And the thing is, Michael, we're only got one goal, is to hurt people. And we're going to hurt Grayson Beckett. I know it seems like we're sitting here talking. I don't want to talk. Start this Saturday night, we're going to open up some eyes. And I hope Beckett is sitting here at his house, at his, at his trailer, or his, or his camper, or wherever he's sitting at or a mansion, whatever. It ain't what you got makes you who you are. But what we're going to put you through is going to put you on the other side. Can you 
can he get through Excalibur? Can he can he get away with everything he's been doing? That's the thing. Why don't y'all talk about the things he's been doing? How what things he hasn't done? Why don't we put him on the pedestal and quit talking about Excalibur? Excalibur's already proved himself. Let's talk about Grayson Beckett. And it's getting real personal with me because Grayson Beckett put his hands on me. And I'm not a competitor, but he will. He, I will make sure that an Excalibur told me it will never happen again. I have never done anything to Grayson Beckett. I have done nothing, put my hands or anything on Grayson Beckett. The beef is between him and Excalibur. And I had to look up in his eyes like that, and then he's going to put on social media that I said that he's the greatest and all that, putting words in my mouth. And if that ever happens again, I'll sue him for definition of character. Well, certainly, certainly I understand your anger with what happened with Grayson Beckett. And, you know, I... I understand infamous one-year anger with Grayson Beckett. I don't think that – I think that – I think the better way to settle things rather than the way you went about it this past uh, show, though, have an Excalibur, you know, it basically cost Grayson the matchup. I, I think that there's better uh, scenarios to uh, play out for this. One thing I wanted to ask you, though, before uh, you do get off of here – uh, your man Excalibur was in competition later on uh, in the evening as he took on uh, the uh, King of Punk, Elvis Allen. And he actually had a losing effort in that case. Uh, Mr. Allen was able to defeat the Hall of Famer, Mr. Excalibur. Uh, has Excalibur said anything? I know he was visibly upset by the loss. What's he said to you since losing that contest? Michael, I'm going to quote it again. He came down to ringside and cost us the match because I guess he felt he had to. I don't understand what he's thinking. But what he said to May Excalibur, like I said earlier, putting your hands on the greatest manager in the state of Arkansas, the advocate, the infamous one, and costing, and, and and follow me here, Cornbread. You're pretty you're pretty smart, and Michael, that he cost Excalibur the match because he felt jealous of Excalibur, and so it takes two wrestlers to beat up one wrestler. Because I'm not a competitor, I, I will not fight Grayson Beckett, I will not fight uh, King of Punk. I'm not a competitor whatsoever. I couldn't even help. I I couldn't even hold my own with them two. They're great, but they're not greater than Excalibur. So do your math. Two against two against one. Two against one. That's all I'm going to say about it. I'm going to get off the air. Y'all can discuss whatever. I know my facts are right, but I want to leave this in y'all's heads. Grayson Beckett, come this Saturday. Show up to Tuckerman. We want you there. We want you healthy. Eat your carrots. Eat your cabbage. Whatever you got to do. Do your gym work because this Saturday night, I don't know when, or where it's going to happen. It might not happen this Saturday, but I know you'll be there. And we're going to be looking for you. And it's going to be revenge. I know that. It's either going to be in Tuckerman 
Right? It could be anywhere else in the federations of Arkansas because we're just getting started. Y'all gentlemen, have a very good evening. And Cornbread, thank you for coming on Talk Radio 49 and keeping the, the stupid fan around and keeping Michael and his and keeping Michael straight because, man, it's a full-time job. Good night, everybody. Obviously, I uh, want to say good night to the infamous one, Double J right there. But, uh, I mean, Cornbread, one thing, I, I mean, and this is with all due respect, as far as, as far as that contest goes, mm-hmm. obviously you don't want to you don't want to advocate anybody costing anybody a contest. But I mean, I can kind of see Grayson Beckett's point in that case. Whereas he he had a problem with it because of the actions of Excalibur. Excalibur earlier in the night cost him a matchup. Right. That's play, in my opinion. Exactly, and and one thing that the infamous one failed to mention was that if you go back and watch that match, the infamous one claims not to be a competitor. He doesn't like it when competitors lay their hands on him. Yeah, he was just about to take a, sh- a chain wrapped around his fist and shove it down Elvis Allen's throat. I mean, you know. Not trying to play sides here, just an observation that, you know, Double J claims not to be a competitor. Well, that's one of those that's like, if you claim not to be a competitor, then why is he putting himself in a competitor's boots? Perfect point. And and also, here's here's something that does need to be brought up, and Mikey brought up this point earlier. Ellis Allen. Excuse me, Elvis Allen. I I told you at the booth, and I wrote it down on on the sheet of paper and have my notes on it. I wrote on her upset, and I'm standing by that deal, but because it's exactly what it was. It was an upset. I mean, no two ways about it. I mean, granted, Elvis no El, no Elvis Allen is a great competitor, no question about it. it, it I mean, great competitor, but to get a win. Regardless of the circumstances, to get a win over an ASWF Hall of Famer like Excalibur, to me that that spoke volumes, and I was shocked that that win went down. I would agree, uh, Cody. I mean, it was it was a shock upset. The King of Punk, a very impressive competitor, but I mean, anytime you get over get a victory over an ASWF Hall of Famer. You gotta call that an upset, especially when you're an upstart like Mr. Allen. Uh, he's been oh, absolutely. Uh, absolutely. I mean, uh, I mean, even before the events unfolded the way they did at the end of that match, I mean, the the, uh, the King of Punk, they were just. I mean, he was holding his own against a competitor, a uh, a quote unquote veteran of the business, if you will. That's very true. That's very true. Cornbread? Um, and, 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 I'll, and I'll say this real talk. Uh, I, I was one of the guys who was fortunate that was there when um, both Insane Chain and Elvis Allen got, got their starts. And both of them were very promising athletes, and they still are promising athletes. Um, no, nothing 
but total respect for them. But for but for the fact that Elvis Allen, the king, yeah, king of punk, to go out there and to get a win over Excalibur, who's been to the ring wars and back, to get a win over that, get a win like that, I say perhaps if he can get himself some more key wins, I honestly see him in the title. But he he needs those key wins in order to get there. I mean, I can definitely see that as far as that goes. Uh, you know, he is he is working his way up. Obviously, defeating a former Evolution champion does wonders for him. And uh, unless I'm mistaken, and it's you know been a couple weeks, but I believe that actually that contest was under the watchful eye of the ASWF Evolution champion. And his uh, and his comrade, uh, Mr. Bad Brad. Absolutely. Oh, I mean, you, and unless I'm mistaken, there was a look of uh, impression, impressed, uh, a level of impression there uh, made by Elvis Allen winning that matchup. I mean, it had to be. Absolutely, absolutely. I mean, well, Cody. Cody, how do you feel about that? Where do you think the uh, where do you think that uh, where do you think that Elvis Allen ranks amongst the uh, top contenders in the uh, in the ASWF? Well, I mean, he's been impressive from the get go uh, since he's arrived at ASWF. Um, the only way to go up for him is, or the only way to go for him is up and I mean he he's gotten victories over over Excalibur um and in other areas he's gotten victories over prominent names in those areas so I mean there's I mean he can only go up from here um he's just got to keep that razor sharp focus like he has been and I mean um you know and the fact that he made somewhat of an alliance with with Grayson Beckett, I mean, it's almost as if, hey, man, he's got somebody in his corner, um, you know, to watch his back in case, you know, another one of those incidents like the one that happened the previous Saturday happened. Absolutely. Absolutely. Well, Cornbread, I know you're about to have to – Go ahead and go. So real quick, I'm going to ask you uh, for your final thought before you go ahead and head on out. And then, gentlemen, we're going to go ahead and head into commercial as we're just about at halftime. Cornbread? Well, I, well, I will say, um, first off, thanks, thanks everybody. Thank you, Mike um, and, and Cody, for having me on the air. And I do want to say this oh, for, uh, every, for everyone out there and especially for everyone at home. The only way you can experience hot action, especially you no, know, the way we're describing it, it's excellent and all, but it does not compare to the great action that you can see live there at the Valiant Arena, two hundred one Highway three hundred sixty seven North, right there in Tuckerman. Um, if I were you, if you're coming from far distances, please make the drive. If you're inside Tuckerman. I encourage you to make the drive and be there with us live this Saturday. Yes, we we just start the party at 7 o'clock, but we also want to make sure that, hey, you're getting a whole lot, trust me, 
with ASWF, with the locker room, with the stack card that we have coming up, and with the awesome locker room that we have, ASWF is the best value going. Literally, you get your money's worth every time you come on down there to the Bay Arena in Tuckerman. I advise you to join, not only join Cody, but join DJ, myself, and the one and only voice of the ASWF, Mike Carnahan. Join us all right there live, as we call the action, right there live at the Value Arena this Saturday night. Well, you're too kind, Cornbread, but uh, I certainly hope you have a good rest of your week, and I look forward to seeing you in just 48 hours as we uh, go ahead and embark on another ASWF show. Cornbread, good night. Yeah, have a good night. Thank you, guys. Thank you. Thank you, Cornbread, for coming on, man. Well, Cody, it's just us the next two for the next uh, hour. Just about uh, definitely going to get into uh, Will Cage versus Asa Morta. We're going to talk about Justin Vincent and uh, Kurt Cross. I believe his name is just made his debut at the last show, and or excuse me, Kurt Castle. Uh, as they took on the main event, Kurdistan, the ASWF champion, and uh, Steve-O. And then we're also going to talk about the issues between Kurdistan and Steve-O, as obviously Steve-O says that Kurdistan is only the ASWF champion because he allows them to be. And then finally we're going to get into Josh Cross, the original misfit, taking on Cataclysm in our main event of the last show. That's all coming up in the second hour of ASWF Aftermath. We'll be right back after that. Cody, did you say something? I apologize. Uh, I was about to say, Michael, before we went to break, did you say it was just going to be the two of us? It's going to be the two of us. Like, we can make it if we tried? Just the two of us. You and I. You and I. You and I. Let's go to break. I get the message. I, too, get the message. deals for your vaping needs and accessories, then check out the guys at sub Vapors. With daily specials on a wide selection of mods and juices, they will surely become your one-stop shop. Ray and the guys at sub Vapors, located at 6929 JFK Boulevard, Suite C in North Little Rock, Arkansas, want to see you. Join them on Facebook, Twitter, Instagram, but more importantly, visit the store or call 501-392-6487. sub Vapors. Vape it like you built it. 
Ladies and gentlemen, for the second hour of ASWF Aftermath. And Cody, we've been through a lot, but trust me, this second half is going to get even crazier. And we're going to start off talking about the unhinged Will Cage as he took on one of his former, you know, once again, I say family, almost like a mother figure to the man before he turned his back so sadistically and dastardly. On the Manai, Asa Morta, you know, a heck of a competition back and forth, but then we got a surprise in the middle of it, the original misfit, Mr. Josh Cross, coming in and uh, making his presence known. Cody? You there, Michael? Yes, I'm right here. <laughs> All right. Te- technical difficulties at the booth. No, Michael, uh, I heard what you said, and it was, it's one of those things where it's got to make you wonder. Like, uh, you know, two shows uh, – or the show right after the anniversary show, I guess you would say it was close to, what, a month ago? Um, mm-hmm. We've seen Josh Cross tell, uh, tell the, the infamous one that he didn't need the ink anymore. And so we were thinking, we're going to see a different side of Josh Cross. What right. happened the next week, his his true agenda was revealed. Yeah. Once again, Josh Cross turning his back on absolutely everybody. And, you know, the sad thing is he even suckered me. And, uh, you know, I've known Josh for many a year now, and – I wanted to believe that this was going to be the moment where Josh finally stood up for what was right. was tired of uh, being pushed aside by infamous, the infamous one and infamous ink. So he struck out on his own. And this is what we got. Like I give up at this point. Like I can't, I can't do it anymore with Josh Cross because every time I trust the guy, he puts a knife in my back. You know what I'm saying? Just like he solidly put the knife in the back of the Manai and every one of the fans sitting there in the Valley Arena on that Saturday night. I mean, it came as a shock to the world. Don't get me wrong. But, I mean, could this have been – could – for all we know, 
this could have been Josh Cross sitting there uh, in the unhinged Will Cage's ear the whole time. And maybe this was the whole motive from the get-go. Well, and see, and that's the question I had. Was a little push. If that's the truth, Cody, you got to look at it this way. In my opinion, and Brad, I wish Brad was here. Josh Cross, he he manipulates people. He he does, he uses people to get what he wants and i wish if that's the reason for this i wish will would listen to somebody because i know people have told him this i i know this and he continues to follow this guy who's led him astray away from a man who and i can't say this enough the man was like a father to Will. And Josh Cross literally led him to stab his own father in the back. I mean, Michael, it 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 shocked the it shocked the industry, it shocked the fans quite a bit. Because, again, that is one of those – that is one of those things that you never think about until it happens. Uh, it was – it's it, it, was almost, it was almost made loud and clear, um, you know, his intentions. And, I mean, uh, you know – he got tired of being the third wheel and what happened afterwards. I mean, Michael, this, you know, I'm, I'm still in shock about it. Even, even the turning happened almost a month ago. Uh, you know, we thought we were going to see a lighter side of Josh cross. And then as soon as it wouldn't fate have it, that Josh cross back to his old self again, you know, I, I mean, yeah, that's that's the best way you can describe that is Josh Cross up to his old tactics, up to his uh, selfish, uh, defining ways. And now Will Cage, he has a follower in this battle, you know. And the sad thing is, unfortunately, I see I see Will Cage almost being like a uh, lamb sacrificial lamb that Cross can use as bait to uh, put in front of himself, but you know, it, it is what it is. Uh, will Cage has made his decision, and now unfortunately, he will have to pay for that, and he trust me, he should know better than anybody how dearly he will pay in the coming weeks and months, and maybe even years. I mean, Michael, this is uh, this is going to be one of those, not necessarily a train wreck, but it's definitely uh, what you would say a uh, uh, to to quote uh, WrestleMania three. It's the unstoppable force and the um, immovable object. I mean, 
there's there's a lot going on here. There's so much, and it seems like every it seems like every week something a new piece of the puzzle is you know put in place. And that's exactly what it is. It always seems like another shoe is uh, going to drop, and you know another another situation could come. You know, uh, Aaron says Josh has to be the center of attention. If he isn't, he'll implant himself in a situation where he is. And you know, that's another thing. Uh, that's another thing that you've got to you've got to look at. Uh, with this, uh, you know, is it Josh Cross manipulating his way into uh, into being placed in this situation? Is it Josh Cross manipulating his way into, uh, you know, going after Cataclysm? Is it his way of getting, uh, I mean, you know, back to a big-time feud? Either way, it seems as if Will Cage is is trying to send a message loud and clear and i mean i'm i'm hoping the 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 message is there's malicious intent behind everything he does uh from here on out it's a whole new side of will cage um and i mean i don't know who gave who the message if it was Josh Cross or if will cage gave uh, Josh Cross, the message to understand. I mean, you know, there's there's always that man lurking in the background, you know. And you're right about that. I mean, there is. There's always somebody, you know, whether it be Father Time or somebody, somebody's always, always there to knock you off your pedestal. And in this case, uh, in this case, it would be... Uh, it could be either you know, the psychotic savior, or is Josh Cross there to uh, Josh Cross there to possibly knock him off the pedestal? That's the uh, interesting thought moving forward. You know the mind games of uh, the mind games of somebody like Josh Cross and the mind games of somebody like uh, Cataclysm. These two guys are geniuses at playing this. These two are veterans. Uh, you got to well. Well, there's that, and you've got to factor in one of the last few times we have, one of the last times we had seen Josh Cross and Cataclysm in the same ring. Uh, was it not the Penitentiary of Pain match last year? Yes, it was last year in the Penitentiary. So I mean, again, as as fate would have it, these two would end up meeting again somewhere down the line, only. This time we see Cataclysm. He's um, it's almost like he is a victim in this scenario. And I mean that's absolutely what uh, what this is. Is he is he's a victim in this? You know he he's a guy that he's a guy that doesn't let a lot of people in. He's a guy who you know he took one guy in under his wing showed him the way and this is what he got for it you know this was the guy he handpicked to uh replace deadly dale in the manai and 
this is what he got. You know what I'm saying? I mean, certainly sad. They're sad. The message in this, I don't know what it is. I, uh, all, all I know is, you know, we're seeing a new side of cataclysm that, again, we don't get to see too often. And, you know, normally you feel sympathetic for the person that has to get in the ring with cataclysm because he'll destroy somebody. This time, it's we've got to have sympathy for cataclysm in the sense of his own quote-unquote, and he's been noted to say this, his chosen son has turned his back on him. Mm-hmm. Maybe, you know, one of the things we say is the sins of the father always come back to haunt the rest of the family. Could this be another one of those scenarios? That could be the message behind this. Message. That could be the message. Uh, as Brother Paul once uh, once relayed to the rest of us uh, followers on the mountaintop. Uh, the thing is here with this, you know, you look at uh, you look at Cataclysm, and you look at Josh Cross. Those two, by the way, locked horns in our main event with Josh Cross coming out victorious. You got to wonder, you know, is this the situation that Cataclysm? Is this the situa- situation that Cataclysm never planned for? Is this the is this the situation that Cataclysm? You know, can that'll show the weakness that we have never seen. That could be the end of Cataclysm. Can Will Cage bring down the Manai himself? That's the question moving forward. I mean, you got to look at it. This guy is, he's a guy who. He's a guy who has actually taken, and he has gotten in the mind of Cataclysm so much that I believe it's actually affecting Cataclysm inside of the ring. Yes, Cataclysm is very happy about the Suicide King joining the ranks of the Manai, but is it a situation uh, like that heartbreak is still there, in my opinion? Well, I mean, I Michael, put, put put yourself in Cataclysm's shoes. As scary as that sounds, because, I mean, there's <laughs> no telling what that man has seen in all the miles he's walked in his shoes. But put yourself in this shoes. If, if Pretty much, think of it like this. You go somewhere, you adopt a child, and then they turn around and they say they hate you. They turn their back on you. It's almost that same situation in this sense. Is I mean, Cataclysm took Will Cade in, pretty much helped re- rebuild Will Cage, gave Will Cage the guidance that he needed uh, to to let help him shape him as, as a performer. He led him to the yes. promised land. Let's be honest. And then what happened? I mean, we've seen Cataclysm left laying. 
We've seen Ace Immortal left land, and we've seen the Suicide King left land at the hands of the unhinged Will Cage. Well, and you look at it this way, Cody. I mean, you look at it and you say this. Uh, you know, I mentioned that he led him to the promised land. Think about this. Every competitor in the ASWS ultimate goal is to become the ASWF champion. Cataclysm specifically set aside his pursuit of a title he once held to make sure that Will Cage became the ASWF champion. Will Cage selfishly put himself in front of Cataclysm when Cataclysm chose another member of the Manai, in my opinion. I mean, Michael, that's a very valid point. They are both – they both played a role in each other's careers. Let's focus on it this way. When Will Cage first joined the Manai, was first involved with Cataclysm, mm-hmm. we seen something. There was, a, there was an, an anger in Will Cage that we had never seen before, but there is one thing that was a constant – and that was Cataclysm coming out there, kind of showing Will, hey, man, you know, when we would see Will Cage lose control, we've seen Cataclysm come out there telling him to come back, to come with him. To It seems as if he taught, he taught how Will Cage how to harness this energy and still use it to win matches and only bring out the anger necessary. Absolutely. And that's something, you know, Cataclysm has taught Will Cage valuable lessons. Now, here's the age-old question. Cataclysm has taught Will Cage everything he knows. But has Cataclysm taught him everything that Cataclysm knows? That's the question moving forward. How much has Cataclysm given him the keys to the kingdom? Uh, Michael, that's a very good question. And, I mean, here's the deal. If Cataclysm has given Will Cage the keys to the kingdom, then all Will Cage needs to do is lock the door. And if he locks that door, he can either mold that kingdom in his own image or he can burn it down. You're right about that. And I, I honestly believe that in Will Cage's perception right now in his mindset I believe he wants to burn it to the ground and then uh, rebuild it in his own image rebuild it yes absolutely as a temple to uh, himself uh, if you get my message but uh, but uh, while we're on this you know the last matchup the ASWF championship uh, front and center in this thing, and even the tag team championships front and center. I do have an update, but uh, Justin Vincent teamed up with the debuting Kurt Castle to take on the ASWF champion Curtis Dawn and the former ASWF champion Steve O uh, in a tag team contest that Curtis Dawn and Steve O were victorious in, even though we did see. Quite a bit of tension, those two, between those individuals, there was, you know, they were they were victorious. you got to give it to them. Dominant win. 
Uh, one thing I do want to update everybody at home on, uh, Justin's brother, I've uh, spoken with the board of directors. They've said that uh, really they have come to a decision as far as the tag team titles go, but that decision will be announced this Saturday night live at the Valiant Arena. This obviously due to the uh, this obviously due to the entry of Daniel. Also, uh, they have uh, I have gotten an update on Daniel. Daniel is suffering from an injury. We have really no further details at this time as far as the type of injury, the severity of the injury. We just know that he is uh, looked at possibly being out for months. Those That was the word that was used, months. So, uh, you know, we'll certainly update you. I don't mean to be vague, but we'll update you as we get more information into us. But uh, definitely a difficult situation for uh, just facing Justin Benson, who really, you know, they just finally captured the tag team titles at Anniversary 20. I mean, yes, uh, in the year we have seen the Vincent brothers, we have seen these two men come across as various tag teams. We have seen them win matches against said tag teams. We've also seen them lose matches. They were given almost one last shot uh, to to make it count for the ASWF tag team titles. And, man, did they pull the trigger. They capitalized, and they defeated the Titans of Violence in a match where there virtually is no escape. Um, it's a very unfortunate situation how things panned out the way they did. Because similar to to uh, Grayson Beckett, it seems like you know if if something does happen and they're no longer able to to uh, to keep the tag team titles going or have to relinquish the titles, quote unquote, then you know it's one of those they didn't get to have them long enough to really defend them. And to uh, to solidify themselves as tag team champions or call themselves uh, legitimate champions, and this is nothing to take away from either of those young men. It's more of the Michael. We've said it several times on this podcast, and we'll probably say it several more. Man, winning the championship it's hard, but defending the championship is even harder because now you just as a champion. You legitimately just paint a huge bullseye on your back. Or in this case, your knee. And you've got the world gunning for you. Absolutely. And that, you know, that is something that, you know, Aaron obviously says, get well soon, Daniel. Uh, and then says, please, ASWF, don't do what I think you're going to do. Hashtag Benson Brothers forever. Uh, we still don't know anything. We know that the board of directors has come to a decision. And we know that decision will be uh, announced on Saturday at the Valiant Arena. So definitely another reason if you needed one to be there this Saturday night uh, as we continue on. But uh, I also want to talk about, before we get out of here real quick, I wanted to talk about the issue between Steve-O and Curtis Dawn. Yes, they picked up the victory, but 
I don't know if you gleaned this uh, out in the crowd, but Steve-O pulled me to the side and said, the only reason why he's champion, because I'm allowing it. Those are strong words from the former ASWF champion, Steve-O. You gotta wonder, are we headed? We already know that the greatest gym known to man, Max Stone, is the number one rated challenger for the ASWF championship. You gotta wonder... Is Steve-O trying to stake his claim and, you know, kind of say he's not Um, Michael, I mean, I don't know. He could be. I mean, you know, Steve-O, man of the people, uh, you know, gets out there with Will Cage in his rematch, what happens? He, he's no longer a man of the people. He He came out on his own. And it seems like the alliance that he's had with Curtis Dawn is just it's diminishing in a fast at a fast pace. Um, do and as you said, you know, Steve O's saying, Hey, the only reason he's champion is because I allowed him to be. I mean, that's strong words. That's what happens, Michael, when you have two egos. You have you have two egos that that they clash. Absolutely. Well, I mean, Steve-O, you know, ever since he lost the ASWF championship, he has gotten quite a few opportunities. One has to wonder, you know, a lot of people are saying that this is Max Stone's chance. Max Stone <laughs> deserves the next opportunity. Steve-O's gotten more than enough fair shots at the at uh, regaining what he calls his ASWF championship. How do you feel about that? I mean, Michael, I, this is another one of those stories that it start to unfold the more we get into it. It seems as if the alliance that Steve-O has with the main event, Curtis Dawn, is it just a ploy and to uh, get himself one step closer to the ASWF championship, but if he's gone, if he's wanting to get to the ASWF championship, and this is no disrespect to Stevo, he's got to get past the greatest gym known to man, Max Stone. Absolutely, and that, we all know that is one tough task put in front of somebody. But that's all we got for you, ladies and gentlemen, tonight. Uh, Cody, any final thoughts before we head into the show Saturday? Uh, the only final thoughts I have to say is we'll have to see what unfolds. Messages will be sent, uh, in my opinion, and I'm just, I am ready to, uh, I'm ready to see how it all unfolds. And, uh, to, uh, Michael is getting warm outside, and I believe the action is going to be at ASWF is going to be even hotter. Absolutely, absolutely. Well, ladies and gentlemen, make sure to be there this Saturday night, 201 Highway 367 North in Tuckerman, Arkansas, as the ASWF puts on another fantastic show. Ladies and gentlemen, it's the best deal in entertainment, live entertainment in the state of Arkansas. It's only $5 to get in. Kids six and under are free. You've got the snack down snack bar. You've got all sorts of great, wonderful things, uh, ladies and gentlemen. Plus, I mean... You get to come hang out with the ASWF crew for 
four or five hours and be entertained by them. Uh, ladies and gentlemen, we will see you this Saturday night live from the Valley Arena for my broadcast colleague, Mr. Uh, Cody. I am the voice of the ASWF. Good night, everybody. Don't look away